the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she said this, She turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen Hallelujah. Please be seated. Today, you and I join Christians throughout the world who have shouted out that acclamation from the east to the west, the north to the south, everywhere proclaiming that Jesus, the anointed one, the resurrected one, lives. And that because of that, we too live. We do not need to fear death because he has shown us another way. We are alive in Christ. This is the central event of the Christian faith. So today we celebrate the mystery of the resurrection. I've often thought that uh, calling uh, aspects of our faith mysteries 
are really, is really a cop-out, a theological cop-out for something that we can't explain. Well, it's true. I can't explain the resurrection. I'm not sure that I have any real good concept of the resurrection. And in truth, we don't have a biblical record of the resurrection itself. If you read the gospel accounts, they're all a little bit different. There's similarities, certainly. But the one thing that we see for sure is that there was no witness to the actual events of the resurrection of Jesus. Now, I think God must have wanted it that way. Otherwise, I'm sure he would have provided videotape of it or there would at least been a cell phone camera around. (laughs) I believe one of the things that we need to accept is that there are aspects of the faith that we will not understand in this life. And I think the resurrection is one of those aspects of the faith. But I think that's okay because I think it allows us to step back from wrestling with whether or not it happened exactly like this. We moderns are so literal in the way we look at things. And what we have in John, as I was reminded of by a colleague on Good Friday, is really poetry. It is wonderful poetry that draws us into something deeper and something of much greater meaning than simply answering a question, did it really happen that way? I think we see in Jesus' disciples, and I think we see it in one another, this mystery unfolding in our lives, the mystery of the resurrection unfolding as we live our life as faithful Christians. The disciples, uh, you'll recall from the Gospels, were really pretty hard-headed folks. They had a certain idea of what Jesus was supposed to do. And a part of that was that he was to restore the dignity of the nation and get rid of those oppressors, that ultimately there would be a new kingdom. It would be God's kingdom. It would be very real. It would be real in Israel. And then he died. And from what we see in the Gospels, even though Jesus told them over and over again, apparently, that he had to die and that in three days he would rise again, They did not expect Jesus to be resurrected. And we can assume that because when they came to the tomb, even in this account we have of Mary coming to the the tomb, which we heard read from uh, John's gospel, she has come to mourn. She did not expect to find Jesus resurrected. In fact, she thinks someone has stolen the body. And the disciples, in the meantime, are fearing for their lives. And eventually we hear that they've locked themselves in that upper room where they shared that last meal with Jesus. The disciples were afraid. The disciples did not believe that Jesus would ever be resurrected from the dead. They thought their master was dead. The disciples were living, I believe, in a Good Friday world. And that Good Friday world is known to us as well. It's a world where there's fear It's a world where there's death, and it seems to be so close to us. Nearly every Sunday morning before I come to church, I open up my computer and I look at the, uh, the news that's on my home page. And I do that in the event that something has happened, something catastrophic that we should remember in our prayers on Sunday morning. So I did that this morning, and the news this morning is not not a lot different from any other morning. Uh, Deadly blasts rock Baghdad. 
gangs born in U.S. prison tied to drug war contract killings, four shot to death in North Hollywood restaurants. We've all heard those headlines, and they're there every day, day after day. Those headlines are samplings of what a Good Friday world looks like. But a Good Friday world is also sometimes very personal because we have also had loss in our lives. We've lost loved ones. We've lost hope in some cases. People have lost jobs. People have lost the vision for what might be possible for them. We also know what it is to fear. Fear for our members of our family, loved ones that we care about. Fear for ourselves, for our health, for our future. Fear lingering with death. But Jesus, in the resurrection, declares that fear and death shall not prevail. And we see that reality, I think, in the lives of those like the disciples who understand and have experienced this unfolding mystery of the resurrection in their lives. When I was serving in the Diocese of South Dakota, I had the privilege of getting to know some of the elders in the Native American community who were also significant leaders in the church. And one of those elders that I will never forget was Zona Fills the Pipe. Zona was 90 when I met her, or in her 90s, and she was not well. There was a great possibility that she did not have many days left. And the bishop and I were at a meeting in the town of Pine Ridge, and someone came to him and said, Zona wants to see you. She has lost her Niobrara cross, and she wants another one. So the bishop uh, grabbed me, and we found a Niobrara cross, and we headed out to Zona's home. A Niobrara cross, by the way, Niobrara is the term that's applied to the essentially Sioux Episcopalians, uh, and they can be living anywhere in the country, and they consider themselves part of the Niobrara convocation. And the first bishop of South Dakota, Bishop Hare, designed this cross called the Niobrara cross that was to be given to those who were newly confirmed rather than just giving people a piece of paper. And that Niobrara cross was a, a brilliant idea of his because you can go to any reservation in South Dakota today and you will encounter someone wearing a Niobrara cross. They value it so much because it not only represents the commitment that they made in confirmation, but it's very much a part of how they see themselves as Christians connected to the Christian community. And that cross, a symbol of their connectedness. Well, we got to uh, Zona's home and we found her there in the middle of her living room. She was surrounded by family members. And I remember distinctly that there were toddlers running around in the in the living room as well. And Zona was very much at peace. And in fact, there was a sense in that room that peace and love just permeated the entire place. And I remember the bishop taking out the Niobrara cross and blessing it and giving it to Zona. And she took it, kissed his hand, thanked him. She was so thankful that she had a Niobrara cross again to remind her of her connection to the Christians that were beyond her doors. As I was thinking about this and talking with someone uh, between the services today, I remember something else that happened when we met with Zona after the bishop uh, gave her the cross and she received it. I remember before we left, the bishop asked Zona for a blessing. You see, Zona was a blessing in everyone's life. 
Everyone who encountered her. I had heard about her for years before that. Everyone who met her saw in her something of the resurrection, saw in her a person whose life was being opened up to Christ. And because of that, the light of Christ shining through her. Well, Zona lived in a Good Friday world as well. Let me give you just a glimpse into that world. The unemployment rate on the Pine Ridge Reservation consistently hovers around 85%. Alcohol and drug addiction permeates all of the communities. Teen suicide, the rate of that is 150% greater than the national average. The incidence of diabetes and tuberculosis is 800% greater than the national average. If you were to live there as a man, you could expect to live about 48 years, and as a woman, 52 years. That is the Good Friday world on Pine Ridge Reservation. And yet, Zona lived there, unfolding this great mystery of the resurrection and the reality of Christ in such a way that those who came in contact with her experienced Easter. I believe that is open to all of us. I believe that all of us can unfold that mystery within our hearts and our souls. We, too, can become the light of Christ shining in a Good Friday world. And I believe that God's great declaration in the resurrection is that it is not Good Friday anymore. It is indeed Easter morning. Amen.